Today we're talking about yeah. your new single, Easy Love. Uh, it's the first single, as far as I can tell, uh, to be released from your forthcoming debut album, Buzzin', as your solo moniker, Early Sands. And yeah, it's yeah. set to be released, I guess, later this year through the Berlin-based uh, record label Fantasy Fiction Records. Um, That's correct, yeah. I think the last time we would have spoke, you and I, um, would have been in probably 2013 for Sherpa's final Dunedin show. Um, True, for, I, I, I remember you, yeah. <laughs> for Blues and I remember Oranges. the voice too. Oh, cool. That's, yeah. That, that helps <laughs> ring some bells. But it's been... Yeah. It's like, I mean, that's five years since the last time that yeah, would have happened years, and in between Sherpa's last album, Blues and Oranges. Yeah, um, so time, I guess, how have you been in the last five years? Where are you? Where are you at the moment? Uh, I'm in London at the moment. All right. What are you doing uh, there? Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I've been, I kind of, I moved out of London a couple of years ago, but I've, um, a couple of people in Superorganism asked me to like play live with them. That's very so, cool. It is really cool, and I mean, it wasn't actually live. I mean, they asked me to join the band uh, maybe last year or something in January, and um, so I was in Sydney, and then um, and then I think it was just going to be a recording project where I was to sing a few songs, right? And then uh, yeah, and then the song went up, and then, yeah, it kind of blew up, which kind of, and then, you know I, I was um, I was done with London for the time, and I was in Australia, sort of kind of chilling with my family. Nice. So. Um, um, so that kind of that, the popularity of that band kind of led me to come back to London and, and kind of be based here to do more shows with them interesting so you, the way you hooked up with that band uh, my understanding is that there are some other sort of New Zealand pop exports and super organism as well that's correct I mean I think uh, yeah I think it's pretty if you read a few articles I think the, the truth's out who it is and stuff so I mean I don't really need to go into it too much, I suppose. But yeah, some so friendly New Zealanders. Yeah. Well, that's really sweet. To join. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do want to talk to you about your new album, Buzzin'. Now, yeah, cool. um, so it's the name of your new album. And Buzzing in various forms were, I guess, referenced a couple times, I noticed, in Sherpa's last album. Is there anything about Buzzing in particular that interests you, Earl? <laughs> well, I guess it's the. Yeah, I guess. So. I mean. It's like we're, we're all sort of searching for a buzz in whatever way or shape, you know. I mean, at least we start the morning with a cup of coffee or or a cigarette sometimes, people. I mean, it's just kind of, I guess it's an abstract thing that you're kind of looking for through art, through relationships, emotions, the buzz that you kind of like want to achieve to maybe feel something normal. That's not something I've really thought about too much, but I mean, the... I've referenced it in Blues and Oranges. I mean, there's a song called Buzzy, I think. But I thought Buzz In as a kind of stupid pun. And then the next one's going to be called Buzz Out. <laughs> I thought it would be a, be a nice little, like, double um, duo because you buzz into something and then the next one's going to be a bit more experimental. Right. Like, non, kind of, less pop. I mean, it is pop, but less sort of, like, normal song structures and themes are going to be a bit more experimental more obvious kind of I don't know that's cool because I did I did want to ask you about that a little bit you've kind of been known for an exceptional mastery of I guess um, textures and structures between psychedelia and pop and psych pop if you look at I mean the term melodic lo-fi bedroom psych pop even though that is 
quite a bunch of specific words individually, <laughs> I guess, and yeah. collectively. They've kind of been overused, either by musicians trying to make themselves, sure. you know, ring, ring a few bells, make themselves a bit more accessible. You link yourself to existing points of reference to a listener. But in terms of music sure. journalism and people like myself who will say those words on air, it's kind of like a lazy catch-all to throw around a bit. But when you say your album's got a lot of um, psych pop structures and that sort of thing, and the next one might be a little bit more experimental, um, sort of yeah. what... Um, I guess my question is, will the shape of the album be structured around that sort of melodic lo-fi bedroom psych pop? Because it seems that you've been recording a lot of this all around the world. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be honest, like, with, with the labels and all, all that, like, genres and, you know, like you say, they're kind of overused and stuff. And I, I think so, too. And I feel like they're not, I mean, they are they are important as a function, but it's not something that you or I personally think about. When I'm making it, I mean, it's, it's all been sort of intuitive, and I just kind of write songs because I, I have no other option. It's just kind of like, uh, so I just do it, and, and most of the time it's very intuitive, and I'm not thinking about all the the mechanics behind it. So it's only really in retrospect that these terms that you can attach to them, and then you have to market them, and you know, you get uh, someone writing a little. You know, bio about you and stuff. So, I mean, that's why Mitch from and Will from Fantasy Fiction have been a good help. And it's kind of an unconventional album in a sense. I, I, I didn't really plan to release these songs at all. Like, uh, they were just, I just racked up a lot of songs. I mean, over those five years, uh, and just not releasing them for whatever reason. You know, like, I guess you can get kind of stuck in your own creative process and, and, you know maybe be a bit paranoid about the, the quality of the song so and yet I didn't really have anyone to bounce off with so when I met Mitch and kind of showed him the songs he was excited about just putting them out so I was like okay that's cool I mean they'll just kind of gather dust in my hard drive anyway so in that sense it didn't really go I this is a non-planned album but more of a collection of songs I've written over the past like five maybe three five years or something some a little bit more newer than usual so in that sense it's yeah it's like uh it's more a collection. It's kind of like it wasn't a. Uh, I didn't sit down to write this, these two sort of albums. So, but I plan to later. I mean, after this, I mean, I've written plenty of stuff that's more kind of like an focused album. But they're kind of just sitting there as well. So I just want to start putting out some music, and this is kind of the first start. You know, after, ever since Sherpa sort of stopped doing stuff. That's so is that really loud, uh, the kid? <laughs> no, that's cool. It's um, it, it makes for a fantastic sound bit. Um, no, okay, cool. That's really interesting that this is a collection of songs because when this song came across our desk, it was instantly recognisable as you, and it's you're sort of drilling down into the things that, well, at least on um, Easy Love, it's yeah like the elements of things you've done previously, and I think really really focused on, and it sounds. Fantastic, and it's interesting you mentioned sort of paranoia around some of those songs because in the songs, like in this in Easy Love, you talk about sort of the shared universal experience that a lot of people in our age and generation have this shared weight of anxiety as well. And you saying yeah. in the chorus, it's hard for everyone. Let's make it easy. We've got to give some easy love, but it's kind of up to two parties to make that happen. And I thought um, that was an interesting 
comment or a comment to make and a lyric, lyric to write because <clears throat> it seems so prevalent in this day and age there where, for example, every one of my friends that I can count as a friend has experienced a vast range, uh, range of anxiety and depression. And I'm wondering if that is quite specific to people of our generation. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, you with this sentiment, I kind of was, I, was, I wrote the song in, in Korea, like in a really sort of quiet, like in the mountains in this artist village that I ended up through, um, have you heard of the Organic um, Farmers Wolfing Association? It's like, um, so you go there and you work for them. And then you do a bit. Of, I did a bit of weeding and harvested some of these bell flowers thing. Um, and then you, we did that from like 4 a.m. to 9, because it was so hot. It was like up to 40 degrees sometimes that you'd have to go before the sun actually came up to do all the work. So you did about four hours. And by 9 a.m., like this is the morning, I'd already done all the work. So I had it all day to like you know just chill. But they had an upright piano there. So anyway, after so I mean. This song was written when I had sort of a lot of space, kind of literally and uh, and maybe more like in my mind to kind of think about, I don't know, kind of a sentiment that I, maybe I wanted to express that was kind of unique to my my views and also to everyone else's views and all the music that I kind of, I mean, it is kind of very derivative, I know, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty simple sentiment in that. But I thought maybe I put the chorus was kind of succinct and, and it kind of uh, added up in a nice way that I thought worked really well. And uh, maybe I'm getting off focus for a bit. But the, it truly is going to London and meeting a lot of people my age suffering, you know, for, with depression, anxiety. Even, you know, when I left New Zealand, you know, our generation and maybe even every generation. And... We're all just suffering, you know, and, and and especially in New Zealand. Like I had a, I had a good friend of mine who like, you know, committed, you know, who who took his own life when I was a, a teenager, and I kind of went through a, a period of, I don't call it, <coughs> deep trauma because of it, and yep. so I kind of had have held that that sentiment close to my heart, um, however long. But it's it's a, a difficult one to express because I feel like it's you know you, you might get it a. A little backlash thing that it's like it's cheesy or like um that was my paranoia about this song was it was just like too cheesy and like i don't know i was just scared that about all the judgment that come through that's oh it's too beatlesy it's been done before but it's like hey who cares i just thought exactly right and and more power to you Earl, because it, it's a beautiful song and like i i really enjoy the song in and of itself as well as uh, listening to you talk about it a little bit what's behind that as well and do you think pop music i mean why do you think pop music is so important such an important medium for creating dialogues about complex narratives because a pop song is inherently listenable it's popular by virtue but you can talk about hard harder topics with something that is a little bit more structure structured yeah right? i suppose i mean i found it difficult to talk about complex things just even with my friends you know so I feel like in conversation, so with song, it's like you can say it and it almost creates a, a contextualize in a way as maybe is more easily absorbable, like through art and to start that narrative instead of just kind of like, you know, going, you know, speaking to person uh, in, in person. So I feel like it's like pop, pop music or art is a way to communicate these ideas in a way that is 
is more, I don't know, like, sits to seem more comfortably, I feel. Like, I mean, I just want to give you an example, I suppose. I mean, even, like, a young person discovering, like, Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, like, uh, you know, like, because that, that whole album is, I feel like, is about empathy and, and connections with people. And, like, you, my life, my whole, like, worldview could, could, could be changed by or was changed by it, like... And it was just an album, it's just a collection of songs, but it kind of like kick-started a, a whole wave of, of belief in, in the world and myself and what I wanted to do and what I, what I wanted to express. So in that way, even if someone put, I feel like it's just what it, it takes two to tango in that sense. The, the writer puts it out there and it doesn't have to be immediate, but in, a, in, a, in the right situation, it can really change to, yeah, how you uh, be in this world. I hope that makes sense. Absolutely right. Um, I mean, th- that's fantastic sentiment as well. Tell me about you saying this is kind of your your first collection of songs, this first album, Buzz In, is, I guess, an, mm. esta- a, an establishing point, perhaps, before you launch to Buzz Out, which will be a little bit more experimental. Before you head to the second album and whenever that might be released, uh, tell me a little bit more about the rest of Buzzin. We've talked quite a bit about Easy Love, and I'm wondering, is this going to be uh, a distinct point of um, like familiarity for the rest of the album? Can we expect more similar, or will you, even though it might not be as experimental as your uh, second album, is it going to flow a little bit similarly to Easy Love? Yeah, I feel like it's it's got similar traits to Easy Love in that they're melodic and they got hooks and and textures and I've, I've written them just as a as a case in point for just succinct like songwriting in a, in a simple way with no kind of I mean no kind of curveballs I suppose but I mean it's not it's not too dissimilar to what Sherpa was doing you know mm. like I said like um, I've had the sentiment that we're you know people get so much pressure to like you put out an album and then you're expected to like really change it up for the second one and you put in so many like years of work to like maybe develop a, a sound or a personality and then you kind of like disband it all and I found that kind of I personally thought well I kind of don't agree with that I feel like I, there's more to there's more songs to write with you know what you learned for all the years developing as a songwriter so I think it's just going to be a uh, uh, can, you can connect the dots from like maybe blues and oranges but I mean you know and then to this work so it'll just be kind of a development and just kind of trying to focus my songwriting yeah fantastic and so, like you say there are so so many more songs to write that is super exciting and interesting when you say that there is the need for that kind of outlet like you still want to keep writing in that sense but uh, you s- said this you didn't expect this these songs, this collection of songs, to see the light of day. Were you just gonna? Did you? Were you writing them as catharsis? If you didn't plan to yeah, release them, yeah, I think that's that's it. Like I said, I just um, it's just been a what's that word when you just can't control it? Like a compulsion. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't feel right if if I'm not working on something. I'm sure you understand with whatever vocations you have. For it's sure. like it's like it gives you a reason to like get up and um, do things and. I feel like I've worked out that, you know, if I can get up and do like 
two to three things every day, then like I'm I'm sweet and I'm like uh, I'm a happy human being, and that's like work on some songs, do some exercise, and like I mean maybe the third one's like meditate or something, or like read, you know, like yep. if you just can just kind of fulfill those things, then I feel like I'm a I'm I'm succeeding, and there's everything else is like a bonus. So it's just I guess it's kind of like reaching somewhat of a a calmness or zen and in the process rather than yeah you know put it you know i don't know like success yeah no <laughs> so, I, I mean like, yeah. i can definitely relate to that especially when you look at things that you need to do like even if it's not maybe framed as a compulsion or even if it's habitual things things that you need to do yeah. regularly to make you happy that's part of a meditative practice it's also part of a routine and i think like sure. personally i need to be i need to be in a routine that's entirely on my own terms if I don't fulfill the quota of whatever it is that I need to do during the day during the week during the night I feel a little mm. bit <clears throat> like I haven't succeeded but if I can tick those boxes on things that I've done to put me into that routine then I feel enormously successful like you say yeah exactly I think yeah I mean those small successes are what you know I think is the a vital piece of, of living and, and yeah coping with all the you know the anxieties that are you know constantly on display with the Dodgson, you know. <laughs> Especially when you're taking the nine cups of coffee it takes for you to buzz in on a Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, Earl, uh, just want to wrap up, but you've got a music video out sure. for this, uh, directed entirely by yourself. It, um, you're, it's, it's interesting because um, this one is this music video, right? It's yeah. You've got a, a Kiwi woman dancing in traditional Korean dress. Uh, I do, yeah. And, and you made mention that the chorus was something that was supposed to invoke the simplicity of a Korean folk song. I'm not particularly versed in Korean folk songs, but visually the the video is like a cultural balancing act. I'm I'm imagining that that's something you might have experienced growing up in New Zealand as a Korean immigrant. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of yeah. And yeah, cultural balancing act. Exactly. Yeah, continue. Um, as somebody who has relocated constantly around the world, which, by the way, sounds horrifying to me, <laughs> but I'm so <laughs> impressed you've moved across so many places. Um, will your feelings and expressions on, I guess, cultural diaspora, uh, would, will will they have shaped a lot of this album in particular? Oh, good question. Um, you know what? I, I feel like. It could be even in a subliminal a way. Yeah, I feel like subliminal way, but I feel like Auckland kind of, or New Zealand set me up for all the places I ended up traveling to because of the, the multicultural aspects of Auckland and and feeling quite comfortable growing up as a, you know, Korean. I mean, of course, when you're like young and when the kids are especially mean, like during primary and that's like when it's kind of the toughest but you know when when you mature into young adulthood i thought auckland was was great and quite conducive to to growing as an artist I, you know i went to auckland to study music and i felt very comfortable there so moving to london was just like a, a bigger auckland with more i don't know on like steroids or something <laughs> so i feel like auckland was a good um place to to grow up in that sense but i think maybe going back to korea that kind of was a bit of a what would you call it a big turning point into kind of going and seeing what I've actually had to 
what I've missed out on or what I've had to overlook just growing up as, you know, I think I call myself a, a New Zealander, you know, like, so, mm. so it was surprising to be like, oh, wow, well, I've had to sort of give up these things. And all the, I feel like all the songwriting and um, that I've done so far has been as, as a New Zealander, but also as, as a, as a Korean person growing up in New Zealand, which is a filter in itself, I suppose. I mean, what I'm trying to get at is, I feel like there's, I'm re, uh, I was really uh, surprised to find how much of Korean culture that I'd um, hadn't seen or witnessed. And, and uh, for example, the the Korean dress and this uh, all the music there. And so that's something I wanted to explore more. And this is kind of the start of it, really. So I felt like this, yeah, the video and the kind of cultural balancing act, I felt was, was an interesting idea that I want to develop. And this is kind of the first sort of go at it. That's. Excellent. Thanks so much, Earl. I think that's going to wrap it up nicely. Is there anything you want to just throw our way before we talk again, until we talk again in another five years? <laughs> sure. Oh, man, uh, I truly miss New Zealand. I, I, I feel like, especially Dunedin, like one of the members from, from Super Owen isn't from Dunedin. So shout out to Dunedin. Uh, I love you guys. Can't wait to come back. Awesome. And yeah. Well, thanks so much, Earl. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, and I look forward to hearing the rest of the album, especially. I'm going to um, rack up the Spotify plays on this one. All right, man. Thanks so much, dude. All right. Thanks, Earl. Take care. See you later.